0: Hey y'all, thank y'all for tuning in to Black Girl True Crime. I am your host, Kay Simone, and this episode is about the mysterious death of Caleb Barfield. Now, before I dive in, I just want to really thank y'all. Y'all don't know how many times I've tried to get this shit out. Like, y'all be having a bitch emotional sometimes, and I just, I really appreciate y'all. Y'all have taken Black Girl True Crime podcast to a place that I did not think that this could go. Like... I'm just doing what I love, and y'all are allowing me to be myself, and that means so much to me, and I am so just humbled and honored that I get to bring y'all Kayla Barfield's story. I am the first podcast to take on her homicide case because her family had no other choice but to take their concerns to social media. Jane and her sister is incredibly brave for what she is doing and as a good friend of mine always says all it takes is one voice to make some motherfucking noise so lieutenant pets and detective Adelmeyer of dc's homicide unit are not investigating her homicide case properly they are saying that kayla said she fell down a flight of stairs but are refusing to release body camera footage to prove it and when i describe to you what happened you're going to want to make some calls So I will be providing y'all the phone numbers for Detective Adelmeyer, his Superior Lieutenant Petz, Sergeant Moy, and the Chief of D.C.'s Homicide Department, Captain Kentish. I spoke with D.C.'s Homicide Unit last night and was told by Detective Fultz that if kicking and screaming is what needs to be done, then that is what you should do. All he had to say was a motherfucking word. The world is fucked up, y'all. Let's talk about it. All right, y'all. So before I really dive into it all, I want to take a second to shout out my reviews um, that I have received um, on Apple Podcast. I appreciate y'all so much for these reviews. And even before I say that, um, I know Black or True Crime Podcast has a lot of new listeners. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, but just in case you have not heard my earlier episodes, I have mentioned that Black or True Crime Podcast is not your typical podcast. And I'm not your typical host. All right. I can't sit here and talk about uh, brutality and these homicides and act like a robot. You know, same voice all the way through. There are a plethora of podcasts of your choosing. Um, If this is not your cup of tea, I would completely understand. Um, I feel like y'all know me at this point. I, I hate when victims of homicide their cases don't get investigated properly and it's not because the police can't just catch the criminals it's not because they've been outsmarted or bested it's because of their negligence i do not like it so (laughs) i'm just giving y'all a warning before we really dive in the family of kayla barfield said say what you say and say it how you want to say it and feel how you feel and i did exactly that so just a little bit of warning uh, so now let's go ahead and look at these reviews. Oh, I appreciate y'all so damn much. So uh, Deanna Robb 88 uh, said, love it. Gave me five stars. Said, I love the energy and passion that you bring to the show. You really do these cases justice. Keep doing your thing, queen. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. To Star Kitty Vixen said, "Here from TikTok. Gave me five stars and said, I love it. I appreciate you. Now, amazement underscore said, a true goddess and gave me five stars. I love true crime, but I love it even better from the mouths of my people. I found you while scrolling on TikTok, and I know I'm hooked now and will be for as long as you decide to bless us with the episodes. Keep them coming, love. Thank you. I plan to do exactly that. And then uh, KVNGXAN said, love this podcast and gave me five stars. Love the energy you bring, queen. Keep striving and being genuine as you are. Oh, I appreciate y'all. I hope y'all feel the same way after this episode, okay? And so let me keep on going. Hold on. So, all right. So Janiya Nicole, she said and gave me five stars. She said, love it. I just discovered this podcast today, but I've already listened to all the episodes. God damn, thank you so much. And the amount of research you do, uh, the dedication to the cause is obvious. Can't wait to hear more. And I love all the Washington, D.C. cases uh, since I'm from there. Phenomenal work. Well, boy, do I got a story for you today. And I appreciate um, your comment. Now, Nisa Ray Five said, love this channel. And gave me five stars. The realness and rawness of it all just makes me feel like we are having a regular homegirl conversation. And that's really how I want y'all to feel, right? Because yeah. I appreciate y'all so much. And I could have sworn somebody said for me to cuss on. Yeah, there it goes. So CMF yeah, CFM seven four said, Thank you and cuss on. Gave me five stars and said, I appreciate you telling these stories and would other that would otherwise be buried. I really appreciate that because That is why I'm bringing y'all the story of Kayla Barfield today so we can bring awareness and to advocate, you know, behind the Barfield family uh, so Kayla can get her justice. So let's get into the episode and thank y'all for rocking with me. All right, y'all. So a little background on this situation, if you don't know already. Black or True Crime Podcast was tagged under a creator's post. Her name is Janin, and I will be plugging a lot of good information in the show notes. And basically, she was just describing her sister's homicide case. And I was listening to the video, and boy, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it just did not make sense to me. So her sister Kayla was a victim of homicide last year. And these detectives that I have just mentioned, they're trying to say she said she fell down a flight of stairs. But how when Kayla was found unresponsive and even her doctor said to his knowledge, there was no response from Kayla. But the violence that was inflicted on this poor woman eventually led to her death. And like I said, they're not doing shit about it. I'm gonna give y'all a little bit of background on Kayla Barfield. So she was born November 4th. She's from Ypsilanti, Michigan. I think I said that right. And I mean, very strong background and good roots. Her grandfather, John Barfield, is a philanthropist and he has a book on Amazon. It's titled Starting From Scratch, The Humble Beginnings of a $2 Billion Enterprise. And the book looks fucking good and I will plug it in my show notes as well. Uh, But growing up, both Kayla and her sister, Janin, had powerful influences and their grandparents owned a well-known business. These, These women... right very classy graceful and i'm just dropping these these little seeds now because when the ball drops later y'all are going to know what the fuck it is and what the fuck it ain't uh so once kayla graduated she met her husband and they moved to maryland and they had two children together Uh, by all accounts kayla is an amazing mother and she is absolutely fucking stunning Like I cannot wait to show y'all pictures on TikTok. I think I already posted one, but I'm going to post more, especially on Instagram. Like y'all have got to see her smile. And so y'all look out for that information. Uh, But Kayla loved the work that she was doing and she was working at a nonprofit in DC and she was a budding entrepreneur and artist. Her goal was really to follow in her family's footsteps and grow a business of her own. And she had amazing support. I mean, Y'all go look up Mr. John Barfield and check out Jainan's TikToks. And she also has her own amazing business that I will also uh, give y'all information on. But, you know, as we know, life happens and she did end up splitting from her husband. But Kayla was very much independent and motivated to continue her passions while raising her children. All right. So February of last year. I mean, at this point, Kayla, she was living in a 100 year old home and she looking around like, you know what, I need to get some renovations done. So she decides that she's going to book herself, you know, a place to stay at the La Quinta Hotel in Capitol Heights, Maryland. And that evening uh, she was leaving to go to another hotel. So she just decided, okay, the Kente ain't doing its purpose. I'm going to book another hotel room. And she booked the courtyard on Central Avenue. So while she's leaving the hotel, she's on the phone with Jane and they're having a phone conversation. And a woman approaches Kayla and introduces herself as T. And this woman T had a baby with her. And basically, T's like, you know what? I'm, I'm in a domestic violence situation. This nigga putting his hands on me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have money. Can you help? And Kayla, she decides to take them in because there's no way that she was going to leave a child out in the cold. And so she takes T and her baby uh, to the new hotel room and wraps up her phone conversation with her sister, Jane in around 11 p.m. Um, but they continued to text her until 1 a.m. And Jayden is kind of thinking, okay, this shit is a bit fishy. Um, but Kayla, mind you, she's acting out of the kindness of her heart. I cannot stress this enough. This woman chose to show compassion and empathy when she didn't have to. And that talks so much to her character. Because me personally, maybe I can give you some money. But um, I'm sorry, this world is a little bit scary. Um, but here, take this cash and get the fuck on. Um, but Kayla... Just being the kind-hearted person that she is, she took this woman in. Now, after 1 a.m., after they finished their text conversation, Jaina never had a normal conversation with her sister after that point. So Sunday comes around, and Jane and she has to get up for work, and she sees her sister's final text and you know she doesn't really think anything about it because they both have their jobs, they both have the you know their businesses, both are mothers uh so about a week goes by, and Kayla's job calls because it was not like Kayla to not show up for work again shows a lot about her character because if my nine to five if if i I could be gone for about a good month and they're going to be like, okay, this bitch just doesn't want to work here no more. Um, But they're like, no, this is so not like Kayla. So once the job calls out to do the welfare check, that is when family and friends, they start blowing Kayla's phone up, uh, trying to just make sure that she's okay, try to see what's going on and where she's at. All right, y'all. So I'm going to do my best to describe a very bizarre uh, phone conversation The two people who are on this call are Kayla's friend and T. T is on Kayla's motherfucking phone. (laughs) Again, this is very bizarre, y'all. So I'm going to literally slow down how I talk so um, even I can make sense of what the fuck I'm about to tell y'all. Because the math is not mathing but I'm going to give y'all exactly what I have heard because I have listened to all of these voice memos because these calls were recorded. Uh, So yeah, I have compiled it all into one explanation. So y'all just bear with me. So these audio recordings between the friend of Kayla and T are very telling. T admits that her boyfriend, who is now back in the picture, this is the man that she was allegedly running from, At some point he had Kayla's phone and she was also using Kayla's phone as well. So both of them, they're using Kayla's device at this point. Why the fuck doesn't she have her phone? And T claims that she would try to give Kayla her phone, but Kayla would basically wouldn't call her family. And T basically made it sound as if Kayla knew her family was worried about her, but she just didn't give a fuck. Describing Kayla as out of it and delusional. T was literally trying to act as if Kayla was drugged out and just refusing to contact her family, saying that, yeah, she knew that uh, Kayla likes to drink and smoke so she can handle her shit and, and stuff like that. and And basically, again, making it seem as if Kayla just was not reaching out to her family. So now at the end of one particular voice note, again, this is a phone call with Kayla's friend and T right before the voice note cuts off T says and I quote I tried to tell her she can't be like that but her friend said that's just how she is end quote my ears kind of perked up because who is she referring to what friend and now T was again making it seem as if Kayla just wasn't calling and they admitted at this point that they had been keeping her phone from her but I want to tell y'all exactly what the fuck they were doing with it. They were texting Kayla's mother trying to get money by pretending to be Kayla. And at this point, they really don't know if Kayla's okay. I do not believe that the mother knew that she was actually missing. Um, Just the friends and family are just now trying to call her. So the mother of Kayla and Jayden didn't really understand uh, what was going on. She thought Kayla was just asking for money. And so two times Kayla's mother sent money, but then around the third or the fourth time, that's when her mother kind of was like, okay, what is really going on? What do you need all of this money for? So again, just some more information that I heard in the recordings. Uh, T mentioned basically that she grew up in D.C., but she wasn't from here. And in another, and I'm literally quoting what I have heard. Um, because it's very scattered Um, but T said that Kayla at one point told them to just leave her there and to take her money and T said well I told Kayla like girl we are in this together don't ever say no sick shit like that again you are too nice and it is so easy for someone to get over on you and this is basically what she's telling Kayla's friend she's telling basically recanting what's been going on with Kayla and the friend responded like, yeah, you're right. Because yeah, she is too nice. Um, basically agreeing that Kayla is a good natured person. So my question is like, what the fuck does this mean? We are in this together. Like, bitch, let me go. Um, But Kayla took her in. So what the hell is all of this about? Now, child, T goes on to say that she had been using Kayla's car to hustle for a room every night. And T said like, and I quote I only got a hundred dollars and my money and Kayla's money ain't gonna do nothing End quote. and the abusive man that T had been running from that started all of this mess again he is back there and they are trying to scam so they can get money and T says that he was able to scam another bank account to send money to Kayla's bank account and then T also claimed that Kayla stole a thousand dollars from her now y'all At this point in these recordings, it is very clear that they were not trying to return Kayla to her family until they were given some fucking money. Now, because Kayla stole from her and because Kayla's mother wasn't trying to send more loot, T said, like, the mother isn't answering the phone and something's got to give. Now, they never mentioned what condition Kayla was in, and the only time her voice may have been heard by Janen you can you can basically just hear her say 7-Eleven. And Janin believes that she was trying to disclose her location, but the phone call hung up right after that. That is really the only time Janen heard her sister's voice. But doesn't this phone conversation sound very bizarre to y'all? I mean, you mean to tell me that this successful black woman took your money after taking you in when you didn't have a pot to piss in? Only a select few knew Kayla had money. Like, successful black woman, but not everybody knew this information. You would have to have been close, like a family or a friend. But out of anyone that T could have walked up to that night, she just randomly walked up to a woman who she just knew was easy to push over. Child, let's continue. So this is when we start to see how the police do not give a fuck and how their incompetence has botched Kayla's homicide case to the point of where it's fucking criminal. Um, but let's get into it, y'all. And I'm going to give a trigger warning because Janie gave a trigger warning to me before she showed me the pictures of how Kayla Barfield was found. Um, but where we're at now in the audio recordings, uh, the friends and T, they're trying to plan up a place to meet. And they said, okay, the hospital's out of the question. T and the boyfriend, they're not really trying to meet in a public place. Um, But they discuss a meetup at a vacant lot in between two homes. Now, the friends and family arrive, and they decide to contact the police, which is very fucking smart because they didn't want to go into a situation without protection. So the friends and family, they decide to circle the block while they wait for the police. But by the time they came back around, Kayla's captors were gone. Because instead of pulling up like they were requested to do, The police decided to call Kayla's phone to do a welfare check, and it scared them off like you lazy motherfuckers. Lazy. Lazy and incompetent. We have a woman who's the victim of being held hostage, and this is an attempt to get ransom, and you call her fucking phone? Like, goddamn. Well, yeah, T and the boyfriend and Kayla, now they're in the wind. But Kayla does end up getting found about 24 hours later. Now, at some point, a ring doorbell captures individuals arguing in a parked car. And this car would later be identified as Kayla's. And the owners of the house, they call 911. Officers, they don't show up. The same ring camera caught two individuals running from Kayla's car to another vehicle that had pulled up to pick them up. Now, the next day, the owners, they get up for work. And while they're on their way to work, they call authorities again. And then they also called them again while on their way home. The police only notated this information. By the time Kayla Barfield was found, she was barely clinging to life. And the most disheartening fact is that she laid stuffed in the backseat of her own vehicle alone. She was out there in the car as as they were arguing and as they fled from the car to another vehicle. Kayla laid in the backseat of that vehicle. And I cannot stop thinking about, like... Her being just stuffed in that back seat, all alone, all throughout the fucking night. She was there because the police are fucking lazy and they didn't do their goddamn jobs. So this is where the trigger warning does come in. I'm going to give it for just deep human suffering, y'all. Now, luckily, a family member was right there when she was found. And that is how these photos exist. Um, Because if the cousin hadn't been there, we wouldn't know that the police are fucking full of shit. And just to describe what I have seen, Kayla's hair was ripped from her scalp and her locks were in her front seat. Her body was beaten black and blue. Her eyes were swollen shut. Strangulation marks are very clear around her neck. Her jaw was broken and she had ligature marks around her wrist. And to top it all off, she was barely clothed. And she was unresponsive verbally. Kayla's family was told by Detective Adelmeyer and Lieutenant Petz from D.C.'s Homicide Unit that Kayla said she fell down a flight of stairs. The pictures and videos of how Kayla Barfield was discovered, they show a woman who was beaten to fucking death. Y'all, there is a reason that this episode is on Black Girl True Crime Podcast. I have seen with my own two eyes. How the fuck did Kayla Barfield fall down a flight of stairs and end up in a whole other city, beaten and bloody, barely clinging to life and stuffed in the backseat of her own fucking vehicle? And the family, they're trying to request proof of Detective Adelmeyer's claims. But he has refused to release body camera footage because it is an active investigation. Bullshit ain't about nothing. Departments release body cam footage all the goddamn time. Or is that only when they are shooting us in the fucking street like animals? It's so easy to traumatize us, but it's so difficult to give us peace of mind. And that is fucking sad. All the Barfield family, all Jana needs is just show us proof. If she said what the fuck you are saying that she said... Why is it so hard to just show us? So now, due to Kayla's alleged last words, because Kayla did succumb to her injuries, she did not have much time after she was found. But the detectives are not convinced that a homicide even took place. But the story is not done, y'all, so let's continue. So T and the boyfriend, they must have been shocked Uh, when they realized that they left their food stamp card at the hotel where um, they were holding Kayla hostage. And now what pisses me off is when the world's dumbest criminals get away because our police departments are so slow in their response and incompetent. Would you believe that these motherfuckers went back to the hotel for the food stamp card? Now, at that point, a cousin had shown up and the staff at the hotel, they said, yeah, we, we saw the woman and the man and the baby, and they left this food stamp card. So the family members sat outside and waited for hours. And just think of what that moment was like, like, I got you motherfuckers now. Well, the authorities were contacted and no one showed up and it took Detective Adelmeyer 24 to 48 motherfucking hours to get back to Janin because he said he had personal family matters to attend to. (laughs) Y'all, this shit is sick. So now they, they got away the first time and now this situation here, they have shown back up for this food stamp card and none of you motherfuckers show up What the fuck are y'all getting paid to do for real? Like, really, what are y'all getting paid to do? So now, at this point, the police aren't really helping. And this negligence, it's so early in the investigation that it's criminal. Uh, But Jane, and she begins to try and bait, you know, T and the boyfriend because she knows that they have her phone. Just days after Kayla died, there were messages that were read. So, that means that the cell phone is on. That means it can also be tracked. Well, when Janan tried to inquire with the homicide detective about getting the location of Kayla's phone, he told her this. The department that taps phones only works 9 to 5, and they aren't fully staffed to dispatch someone. The radius is only about 10 miles, so you might have an easier time going to a cell phone provider and getting the records yourself. What the fuck? What is this? I literally just gave y'all the case of Alua Twain Salau and Victoria Sims. Alua Twain Salao held hostage by that evil ass motherfucker. But when Victoria Sims, a white woman, went missing, in one goddamn day, they were able to interview the whole fucking, uh, the whole fucking family and all the people that she ever knew. They subpoenaed for the phone records. They were able to track her to that man's house in hours. But this shit right here, what the fuck is this? The department that taps phones only works nine to five and they aren't fully staffed to dispatch someone. Get off your fucking ass and do your goddamn job. But you know what, let's, let me not, let me not get too, too hot because I still got to finish telling y'all this case. So this is when Lieutenant Petz comes in and because Janine, at this point, she's sick of Detective Adelmeyer, and I'm sick of him, too. Like, you ain't shit-ass, bitch. But for a year, they have been trying to get updates and movement on Kayla's case. And for a year, Detective Adelmeyer has not called in witnesses, investigated the voice memos between Kayla's friend and T. He hasn't spoken with the owner of the house who saw T and the boyfriend flee into a different vehicle. For one year, this man has gotten paid for piss poor police work and Lieutenant Petz is no fucking better. Jayden flew to D.C. to meet with them face to face. And they were told that the detectives were not in office and that they should call back tomorrow. Let me say it again flew to D.C. to meet with these detectives and they never returned her call. And this was, what, se- September or October of last year and the rape kit hasn't even come back. And Kayla, Kayla's abductors, her murderers, are still out there, y'all. They're still out there. We have a woman who was held hostage and used for ransom. And the police are not even returning phone calls. They're not even returning phone calls. So, unfortunately, this is where I'm going to have to leave y'all for now. Because, honestly, this shit don't raise my goddamn blood pressure. So, on the next episode of Black Girl True Crime Podcast, Janine will be my special guest. In my show notes, there will be links to Kayla's GoFundMe, as well as a link to Janine's profile. Lastly, you will also find the phone numbers for Detective Adelmeyer, his direct supervisor, Sergeant Moy, Lieutenant Petz, and the Chief of Homicide, Captain Kentish y'all better give them a holler and ask them about why there isn't any movement in Caleb Barfield's case. They might not pick up. They might say because your family that they can't provide information. That is okay. I implore y'all to keep calling and keep pressuring them. Keep putting on the pressure cuz I didn't even mention all my notes on the history of corruption in DC's homicide unit. Like, don't get me fucking started. That might actually even be a whole other episode. Like, y'all, the negligence is very fucking clear. But they are trying to close Kayla Barfield's case and say that she fell down a flight of stairs. This is a beautiful mother with two children, her whole life ahead of her, snuffed out because she decided to give help, to give aid to another woman. To another woman. I have laid everything out to y'all the best that I could, and I'm going to save the rest for the next episode of Black Girl True Crime. But I implore y'all to take a look at my show notes, and thank y'all for tuning in.